0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, welcome, glad to see you here. Even though it's rainy, we, we need this rain, and it is refreshing our earth, and we need it. I have a couple of things, reminders. Um, first of all, prayer requests, if you have a prayer request, if you'll raise your hand. Uh, Chris looks like he's doing it, he'll hand the card out to you. Um, If you've got your, most of the announcements, all the announcements actually, I believe, are in the the bulletin announcement sheet for this service. And I just want to call your attention to one announcement, which is not in there, and that is that the Partners and Faith Sunday School class, which has temporarily relocated to the chapel... This this Sunday will temporarily relocate to the side here where the chairs are put up uh, today because of an HVAC issue. Okay? And um, let me see. Anything I need to say? I'm from you, got for me. Katie. Where's Katie? Was I supposed to make an announcement for you? Wonderful Wednesday's still going on. Wonderful Wednesday's. One more Wednesday, right? One more? Two more. Huh? This week and next week. Okay. All right. Today, I know it is, sorry. Administrative Council meeting today at 4 o'clock in the Social Hall. UMC 101 course will continue at 6 today in the Social Hall. All right, let's, let's worship.
1: Will you stand and sing with us?
2: as you are.
1: your heads heavenly father we are so grateful to be able to come here today to worship you we are grateful that we can come before you just as we are and that you love and accept us just as we are help us to strive to be more like you each and every day so that we can please you with our words and our actions and our thoughts Thank you for this rain that we needed and for knowing our needs and taking care of each one of them. Thank you for being our God. We love and praise you. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. If you will turn and greet your neighbor and children, come forward for the children's sermon.
3: How is everybody? Is the rain making you sleepy? Y'all are quiet. Yeah, I understand. Um, I have a question to ask you this morning. I brought a few things with me. What did I bring with me? My heart. Has anything ever happened to you that would cause your heart to break? Has anything ever made you sad or somebody hurt your feelings? Yeah? Okay, maybe somebody at school. Was it somebody at school? Yeah, Ashley? Losing
1: friends.
3: Losing friends, okay. Lots of times. Yeah, me too, Kevin. Anybody else has something that will cause their heart to do this? No? Well, it's wonderful if you haven't, but probably at some point we'll all have something happen to us that will cause our heart to do this and break. And. Sometimes we might be afraid that there's nothing that would make our heart feel better. Because we just hurt. Our feelings are hurt. We're sad. Maybe we're lonely or we're hurting. Do Do you understand what I'm talking about when we talk about those feelings? Yeah, we've all had that happen to us probably. And if we haven't, we probably will. Well, there's lots of verses in the Bible that talk about the brokenhearted and things that God does to help the brokenhearted. And we have a promise from God that whenever our heart breaks, what do you think he's going to do? Is he going to heal it and make it better? Absolutely. So there's a verse in Psalm that that says just that. And it's um, chapter 147, verse 3. And it's really short. And it says, he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. So I wanted to show you what that would look like if we're talking about, you know, this isn't really my heart, is it? This is just what I brought to show you. So, yeah, it's just my red paper. So if this was my heart and it was broken by different things that had happened to me, this is what God does. Y'all come close so you can see. I'm going to have to put the microphone down for just a second. show everybody what happened. So what did I bring with me?
1: A first aid kit. I brought
3: God and my first aid kit. He's our band-aids. So look what happened. Y'all were really good helpers. Let me hold it up so everybody can see. So here's my heart that broke. We tore it apart and it broke right in half. And then God came through and what happened? He bandaged it up. He made us feel better. And look at the other side. Can you even see the bandages? No. Well, okay. If that wasn't there, yeah, Ryan was trying to help me out. Okay, if that wasn't there, can you even see the bandages? No, it looks good as new, and that's what God does for us. I thought that was a great thing for us to think about and remember together today. Do you think so? Yeah? Will you bow your heads and repeat our prayer after me? Dear God, God, thank you you for your promise promise to to always heal our broken hearts. We thank you, and we love you. Amen. Amen.
0: of prayer. Just to give you a little update, Chris Harris is in uh, Roger C. Peace now. He has uh, improved greatly with his uh, speech, and uh, he uh, says uh, t- to tell you that he is undergoing really, really hard therapy, <laughs> and for y'all to continue to pray, f- pray for him. Uh, if you want to visit, their are visiting hours are not till 4.30, from 4.30 to 8.30. Roger Peace. Let us bow our heads. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O Lord, you created the day and you created the night, but by your light you have overcome all darkness. And so we come now into the light of your presence, praising your name and offering our petitions and confessions. We are assaulted daily, O Lord, by evil that seeks to call us away from Your path. And because our faith is sometimes weak, we are tempted to fall prey to the darker side. And Jesus taught us to leave the judgment to You at the end of time, but we find ourselves condemning others who do not act as we do. For this and all these sins, O oh Lord, where we've sinned against you and others, we pray that you would be compassionate to us, forgive us, and lead us once again in the way of everlasting life. Call us again by your Spirit to proclaim the message of freedom from slavery to sin and death. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may fulfill the task to which you have appointed us. And help us to remember that no matter where we go, You're there. And we pray Your special presence this day for all those on our prayer list, those who grieve, those who are broken, those who suffer from disease. And we pray especially this day for a father with cancer. And we pray, O Lord, for uh, each and every one of these situations as we pray now in the silence of our hearts. Lay Your hand upon us, O Lord. Lay Your hand upon those we pray for. Restore them. Help us to accept Your good and perfect will. We pray in the name of Christ who taught us to pray, saying these words. Today we continue in Genesis chapter 18. We continue on the journey with Abraham and Sarah. Genesis 18 began verse 1. It says, "...the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day." Abraham looked up, and he saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. And he said, If I have found favor in your eyes, Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may wash your feet and rest under this tree. And let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed. And then you go on your way. Now you have come to your servant." Very well, they answered, do as you say. And so Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. He says, Quick, get three seeds of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice, tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. And while they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah? They asked. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past age as childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was afraid, so she lied and she said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. The one who is enthroned in heaven sits and laughs is a word from the Lord that we some of us know, maybe we all know. And Lord... We hear this laughter and we think about this laughter of belief or disbelief and we wonder, don't we? Lord, help us to see that we often are the same way. Help us in our laughter. Amen. Did I hear Sarah laugh? (laughs) That was the Lord who asked that question. Who me? No, why would I laugh? Don't lie to me, you laughed. You know, it's really a wonderful scene. An old woman ready for the nursing home trying to explain to God what's so funny. And we all know what's so funny. After all those years, after all that waiting... It's important for us to think about what we heard in last week's scripture when Abraham was first called out and gave him the promise. And you remember how old he was at that point? One of the Bible commentaries writes this about this scripture. He says, Sarah was never going to see 90 again. And Abraham had already hit 100 when they were told that the stork was on the way. They almost collapsed. And when the baby finally came, they even called him laughter, which is what Isaac, which was what they named the child, means in Hebrew. It means laughter. Because no other word would do. Yes, Sarah laughed. And it's a laughter that you and I know well, it's a laughter of disbelief. If you are a parent, there are times when you laugh because you think your kids are never going to grow up. If you are a teenager, there are times when you laugh because you think your parents are never going to get it. We laugh because we think we will never get out of debt. We laugh because we never think we'll be free from whatever it is that entangles us. We laugh because we think we'll never find someone who understands us. We laugh because we think we'll never find that place that we can call home. We laugh Sarah's laugh. Not because we have faith, but because we find it impossible to have faith. 24 years have gone by since Abram and Sarai, now known as Abraham and Sarah, were directed by God to move to a place where their descendants would become as numerous as stars. 24 years of travel and hard work and frustration and fear and discouragement. They've all come and gone. Since they heard from God the Word, you're going to be parents of a great nation. You're going to be a blessing to all the families on earth through your offspring. And so when they hear, oh, next year when I come back, Sarah will have had a son, they laugh. They laugh a laughter of disbelief. They laugh and say stuff like I've said before. Yeah, right. I've heard that one before. A laughter of disbelief. After 24 years, Abraham and Sarah have reached a dead end in their lives. And the sad thing is that they have adjusted to it. They have accepted the hopelessness. They have accepted just as we do, if we're honest, how we accommodate ourselves to all those barren places in our lives where the call to believe a new thing that God will do seems really foolish. And yet, there's another laughter going on here. It's the laughter of the one who sits on the throne and laughs. It's the laughter of the one who made the promise the laughter not of Sarah or Abraham, but of the one who keeps his own counsel, works his own will, whether or not we have faith to see it. And sometimes we have to wait to share in that kind of laughter just as Abraham and Sarah had to wait. Most of the time, if we're honest, we're prepared for everything except the possibility that all things are possible with God. Most of the time, we are prepared for everything except the possibility that all things are possible with God. No, we are more prepared, it seems to me, for us to break our backs doing the same old thing in the same old way until we almost have to stub our toes on the treasure that is right at our feet. You see, as people, we are, as described, stubborn and stiff-necked, the Scripture describes us. We are prepared for a God who will strike a hard bargain. We are prepared for everything to happen except that which will never happen. But then that day comes, maybe 24 years later, like it did for Abraham and Sarah. And then something too wonderful, too wonderful happens in our life. This Old Testament story, I believe is central to understanding faith and how difficult it is to have faith. Faith and embracing the promise of God involves no less than believing the impossible. That's what God calls us to do. Believe the impossible. To believe that the, that new life can come out of barrenness and hopelessness. That God has indeed done something new in Jesus Christ that we could not do for ourselves. And faith... Understands that and lives in the freedom that flows from that. And that is faith that believes in the impossible. And this is the kind of faith that Abraham and Sarah eventually lived. The question from the Lord to Abraham underlines the possibilities. The possibilities. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. This is what the Lord is telling Abraham and Sarah. This is what the Lord is telling us today. But we have we will we all admit that we find challenging what we often find challenging this belief that nothing is too hard from God is the challenging circumstances of life and they come upon us all the time in different ways for example there's an example of, of John and Mary both who are gainfully employed doing well and then John loses his job and months go by John looks looks and looks and looks but cannot find new employment. They become more financially strapped. Not because of careless spending, but because of the needs of life. Their credit cards become maxed out. Their savings are almost gone. And John and Mary believe strongly that God is with them, although they can't feel the presence of God. And they feel as if what they're asked to believe is impossible. That God will provide. That things will happen. That God knows their situation. And that His promise to them will come true. These are real life situations that we're familiar with every day. If we're honest, we really don't know what to do or say when we're confronted with these situations of people that we know and love. We can listen, we can pray, we, we maybe can share, but in the end, their story is our story, and it's this story, which is about persistent faith and believing in the impossible. This same commentary that I mentioned early was, earlier was named Buchner. And he wrote about this. Again, he says, and I want to quote, Sarah and her husband had plenty of hard knocks in their time. We can identify. And there were plenty more of them still to come. But at that moment, when the Lord told them they better start fixing up the nursery... The reason they laughed was not just a laughter of disbelief, but it was also the laughter of, it suddenly has dawned upon us that our wildest dreams may indeed come true. You see, it's also a laughter of surprise, a laughter of awe, a laughter of God is with us. Praise the Lord. Thank You, Jesus. How many times? Friends, in every situation, faith is learning to believe the impossible. And learning to believe that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Let's pray. Oh God, You are deep in our hearts, so deep most of the time we forget You're there. Oh Lord, sometimes also in those deep places are things that we almost don't even repeat. They're so deep. They're there. Something we want to happen. Something we think is too wonderful for us to even imagine. Something that needs to happen for us or to us or our world, and yet we bury it even deeper because we know it's impossible for us. Lord, this day, give us a new sense of the hope that nothing is impossible with You. And the day is coming when all those things that we have longed for and waited for patiently will become possible. And our despair will be turned into the laughter of greatest joy. Our laughter of disbelief will turn into laughter of joy. We pray in Your name. Amen. Amen. Let us respond to the Word of God with our affirmation. Let us stand and repeat. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life and death, and life beyond death. God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let our, you may be seated. Let our ushers come forth this time as we receive our tithes and our offerings.
4: Actions
1: With us, please.
2: Save this My Jesus, my Savior, No, there is none like you. All of my days I want to pray. Say
0: you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. May the Lord turn and smile at you this day. May the Lord give you His peace.